Hello, welcome to Off Curve. I'm Wicked Good, and I am talking to you while I am... Well, I'm actually driving to work this morning. I It's a rare morning cast for me, because I, uh, I low-rolled on my way to the train station this morning, and the lot was full. So I am sitting in traffic on the Mass Pike. <laughs> and so, if I'm going to be sitting in traffic, I figure, you know, why don't I record an episode now while I'm awake and freshly caffeinated as opposed to uh, trying to record it on my way home when all of my caffeine is going to have worn off and I'm probably not going to be uh, as good with the worse as I am right now. So this is a traffic cast, but we'll, we'll, we'll make it work. So I've, all right. So my la- my week on ladder has been a roller coaster. I have gotten again up to rank one, four stars and then tilted back down to rank three. And, and, and I don't, I really, I, I really need to go back and look at some of the games and see if I'm doing something wrong because I, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. Like I was, I, I was at rank five at the floor on like Tuesday or Wednesday, and I, I took Wednesday and Friday off for Thanksgiving here in the States, so we have Thursday off as a national holiday, and I, and I took the, the day before and the day after. Um, I was still on call, so I wasn't completely off, but, you know, things worked out that it wasn't that busy. So I, I had a lot of time. We, we kind of didn't really have any plans. My parents are local. We get together on, on Thanksgiving Day. And other than that, I just kind of, the kids got, let's go, let's go Evie. So they were like that. I didn't see them all weekend, basically, <laughs> except when they caught a Psyduck or something or a Bulbasaur that they come and tell me. Other than that, I didn't, I didn't see them all weekend. So, uh, you know, I had, a, I had a bunch of time to ladder and I, and on like Wednesday afternoon, I think it was, I just kind of picked up Death Rattle Hunter after playing a bunch of stuff and not doing very well and just went on a, went on a tear with it. And I had at one point a 10 game win streak, got myself up to rank one, four stars. And then just, I don't know what it is. I think the meta shifted a little bit to target it, or at least my local meta did. And, you know, started seeing a lot more paladins, started seeing a lot of even shaman and shutterwalk shaman. And I know shutterwalk shaman supposed to be kind of a, they're, they're both supposed to be kind of equal matchups, but I felt like I was, maybe I'm not playing the matchups correctly which is possible. Um, but I, I just kept getting close, but not there, or I'd get wrecked by some, there's a lot of weird stuff right now, like rank two and rank three, even rank one to some extent, like feels like before they made the last set of changes to ladder and you'd be playing against low ranked legend players at rank one, Like, that's what it feels like now. There's a lot of weird stuff. And it's very hard to mulligan correctly because sometimes there's, like, two or three decks for everything. And sometimes you just, like, you you get used to mulliganing for Death Rattle Hunter and all of a sudden it's Secret Secret Hunter and you get blown out. Or it's, like, I've seen multiple people playing, like, Overload Elemental Shaman with Doomhammer. Like, I, I don't... You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to play against that. Like, I'm not, I'm not mulliganing against it. And you get some wins with those decks just because people are going to mulligan poorly. 
And, you know, especially with a deck like Death Rattle Hunter, it's, it's easy to not have the tools that you need and just not have the time to be able to get yourself set up. So I... I was trying to make a couple of pushes and it's just not working. And I think I probably need to just kind of close it down for the month. Not because I don't have time though. I think a lot of it is also that during the week, my laddering is just not very efficient because I'm too tired to be able to play well. And the decks really need a lot of focus. Like there's no, not that any deck is really kind of autopilot, but there's not a lot of really simple decks that don't have a lot of decision-making um, even less so than normal. And a lot of the, the matchups are very complicated and I'm not, I know I'm not playing well when I'm tired after a long day, especially on days like this where I have to drive into work because I'm, because the train, the lot at the train station was full. Like it's not, it's not conducive to laddering. So I I may just kind of take a break and play some of the games that I bought over Black Friday, um, or play some Diablo or something. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm encouraged that I got as close as I did, having not gotten there for the last couple months, but it's still frustrating. Um, but, I mean, I guess the good news is, again, I get to start at rank 5 next month, so I don't need to stress in the beginning of the month to, make my, to get myself up to rank 5 to be able to, you know, experiment with a lot of the new decks. So, that's something. And, you know, I, I was kind of hoping to have a Legend Story time today, but it's, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of, I'm encouraged that I did as well as I did. I think I'm playing well for the most part. I can tell when I'm not playing well and I just need to catch myself when I'm not playing well and either shut it down or focus myself. Um, cause I could tell when I was playing well and I could, I could feel it. So I just need to make sure that I'm getting there consistently. And, and I'm hoping that kind of the meta will change. Cause I think a lot of it is also that I just don't enjoy the decks that I'm playing right now. And <clears throat> excuse me. It's hard to play enough to get to legend when you're not loving the decks that you're playing. Like unless you get on like a really quick streak, like I just don't love Death Rattle Hunter. And so it's hard when the games take that long to keep jamming the games when you're going 50%. So, I don't know. But, like, again, I don't have anything to prove, so it's like, well, what's the difference? You know, I mean, I would like to. I would love to be able to have Legend Story Time with all of you folks, but um, maybe this just isn't my meta. And maybe the, maybe the decks next, you know, that come, come around next week will kind of hit something in me that the way that the decks in this meta just kind of didn't. You know what I mean? So, as I'm recording this, we see most of the cards. We have the last big reveal stream um, tomorrow. And I'm recording the first part of the Happy Hearthstone card review with Andrew on Thursday evening. I would, I believe he releases on Tuesdays. So, it should be out, like, the morning of. So, you can spend the morning uh, waiting for the set to drop, thinking, listening to what we think about about half the cards. And I don't really want to talk about the new cards. Again, I don't want to talk about the new cards in detail on the show. I've said that a few times. What I do want to do is kind of take a different look at it. Because one thing that happens when you have a bunch of new cards and new mechanics, and especially with the third set in a rotation, 
is that Blizzard will very often try to make fetch happen and will try to just juice up a bunch of archetypes that have been around but have never quite worked. And, like, this is when, like, if, if you've been playing for longer than just this year, Draconid Operative was that card. That was the original the original version of that card. Where Dragon Priest was kind of almost there, but not quite. Okay, let's give them Draconid Operative and make it really a viable, you know, archetype for one set. And before all the, the real power cards rotate out. So, they do that in this set. And... What I want to do is I want to kind of highlight a few cards that you may have forgotten about that may be worth revisiting once this set comes out. Now, I plan to, as soon as the, as soon as we're done with the actual, um, the actual recording, I'm planning to do some theory, theory crafting. I may possibly get myself to a pre-release on Saturday. There's actually one local. It's just a matter of if scheduling works out and whatnot, so I may be able to try a couple of these things out, uh, but I want to give you an idea of some cards that you should be looking at that you may have forgotten existed that are going to be getting some support in the new set that might be worth revisiting. So the first one I want to talk about is Black Cat, and Black Cat is a uh, three mana, three three beast for mage that... Uh, gives you spell damage plus one, and if you have only odd cards in your deck, uh, then draw a card. So, it really looks like Odd Mage might be viable. So, there's a lot of hero power support in the new set. Um, Janelai the Dragonhawk for, for Mage in particular... Uh, which is the 7 mana 4-4 four, four, that if your hero power dealt a damage, summon Ragnaros the Fire Lord, looks like it could really make Odd Mage a thing. Because if you, if you go to 2 damage per hero power, you only have to press the button 4 times before Janelai is active. And that's pretty reasonable. And there, there are other things, like there's the one that makes your spell damage, or your, your hero power damage plus 2 this turn. There's the 3-drop that... Let you draw a card if you kill a, a minion, which is easier to do if your hero power does two damage instead of one. Uh, and, you know, Ragnaros is an elemental, so you can still play Jaina in that deck. And then get yourself, you know, you play a four drop and a Ragnaros and heal for eight and do eight damage, which is pretty okay. So, Odd Mage has never quite been there. But I think with... Uh, first of all, it's going to be easier to do odd and even decks in general. Just because there are going to be more cards in the set. This is something that we saw with Kazakis. Um, when when Mean Streets came out. And then also when, uh, when Cobalt came out. Is that just having more cards in the pool makes it easier to, to build a deck with deck restrictions. And this one seems like it's going to have enough support to possibly be viable. Because you can, you can string together... I mean, you can even put a bunch of elementals in there. I mean, you still have Arcane Artificer. You have uh, Blazing Bonfire Elemental, which is the 5-drop. You've got Blaze Caller. You've got... And this is just all off the top of my head. Uh, you, ha you can play Firefly, obviously. You can... Um, or even... I don't know that you play Igneous Elemental, but Tar Creeper is certainly... 
uh, part of it. So you could string together some sort of an elemental mage uh, that runs odd that also, you know, has some hero power synergies. I think it's viable. I think it's going to be worth looking at odd mage um, in particular uh, just to make, just to be able to do that. And I mean, even blast wave is, which is the, the AOE that also gives you random spells when you overkill. I mean, with a two damage hero power, it's going to be easier on turn seven to say, set that up so that it overkills, you know, one or more minions. So I really, especially with black hat giving you spell damage, right? So, and, and even if you play black hat into that on eight, then you're going to guarantee you're getting at least one card back. So I think that's something worth looking at. Uh, you know, I mage is definitely going to be something that at least needs to be explored. I think if it's not good now, it's never going to be. But I think that it definitely has a lot of potential, and Black Hat is a card that you may want to dig up and, and start experimenting with again. So the next card I want to talk about, which is kind of the bane of my existence and has been for a long time. We've been following my exploits for a while, going all the way back to the first card set review that I did with Andrew. And, and it's kind of amazing that we've been doing this for like two full, two full years now. So they made a change after Ungoro to allow to that if you pull a legendary, you can never pull it again until you have all the legendaries in the set from a pack. That was not in place for Angoro, and I pulled two copies of Lakari Sacrifice in my opening packs, and I subsequently opened a third copy. And I was not happy about that, because those were basically my only legendary... It's like, I, I pulled those in, like, one other card, I think, in one other legendary in my opening packs for that set. It was just... It was disastrous. And needless to say... I've been trying to make Lakari Sacrifice work for quite a while. Uh, and if you're not familiar, and, and God bless you if you're not, because that means you never had to deal with this card and had it rotting in your collection, <laughs> is the war, the Warlock quest that, uh, that says if you discard, I, I forget what it is, five or six cards, then you get the, the Dark Portal. I forget what it is. I don't care what the name of it is, really. It's a it's a um, a minion that's dormant, that's like five mana, that sits on your board, and every turn it summons two, three, two imps. So, you know, every set there's something, almost every set, there's something that makes Lakari Sacrifice look like it might be viable. We, you know, we it, I tried it a lot when it first came out, and that was when all the discard synergy cards were still around. Um, that never really worked. Uh, I, you know, tried it again when Cataclysm came out uh, with Cobalts, and that wasn't really a thing. I had a pretty sad attempt at building an odd quest warlock uh, when when uh, Baku came out. That don't do that. That's a bad idea. Don't 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 try that. I thought that maybe if you're just drawing cards every turn, then you could you know, kind of offset the, uh, the, the loss of card advantage if you're not having to pay the, the life for the hero power, but it just, it doesn't matter. So in this set, they're introducing a bunch of different discard synergy cards that actually change the way that 
Lakari sacrifice is bad because the the problem with Lakari sacrifice is that you can't control or you up to now you really haven't been able to control what you're going to discard. So there are cards like Blood Queen Lanathal that got introduced in Frozen Throne, which is the life steal that gets uh, additional attack every time that you discard a card, and and that's fine. But the problem is that Lanathel's going to be in your hand, and it's going to get discarded, and it happens a lot. And same thing with with Gul'dan. Like there was before Kobolds, there was a zoo deck that ran just Doom Guards and Gul'dan at the top end, and you just end up pitching Gul'dan a lot of the time, and and that's the problem with. The problem with the Lakari Sacrifice deck is that you kind of have to make it a controlish deck because you're just going to be pitching stuff and you can't get enough tempo generally to be able to withstand pitching the number of cards that you need in order to, to complete the quest quickly. And if you're not completing the quest quickly, like it loses value a lot as you go through the game because, you know, there there are bigger minions that are coming out and more powerful AoEs that will clear your imps and they just don't they don't do enough the later in the game but early in the game if you can build up a little army of them then you can kind of overwhelm your opponent but you'll you really want things like Gul'dan, you want twisting nether you want siphon soul you want like all the good um warrior or warlock control cards and you pitch them a lot of the time cuz you'd play Lakari Fellhound and then you toss two cards and Sometimes those cards are Gul'dan and Twisting Nether, and you lose. So what these new cards are doing are... There's a, there's a couple things. So one is that the cards that were printed in this set discard your lowest cost card, not a random card. And that's a huge difference. Because what that means is that you can actually set up for that. Right? Like, you're still going to have the case where Soulfire is going to discard Soulfire, or... or Shriek is going to discard Soulfire or whatever. Like, that's still going to happen. But you're never going to toss Gul'dan by playing Shriek. You're never going to toss, like, Typhon Soul or Twisting Nether. You can play that... You can set it up so that you're not doing that. I mean, you're going to get into sticky situations sometimes. But you can craft your hand in a way that you're discarding cards that you want to discard... And there are cheaper cards, like the new War- Warlock Legendary, that, it, you know, like, if she's discarded, then you put two copies of her back in your hand. And you also, Clutch Mother Zavis is another card that you you probably want to dig up and remember, because, and that was the 2-mana two 2-2 two two that got plus 2, plus 2 in return to your hand if it got discarded. Again, if that's, if you're building your deck in a way that you can take advantage of those cards that are discarding the cheapest card... Zavis is very often going to be that. So you're going to be able to pitch Zavis a lot, get it pumped up. Because that was the other problem with Clutch Mother Zavis is that you just miss it, right? Like, again, if it's random, you're not guaranteed to hit that with the discard effect. So sometimes you just have a 2-mana two 2-2 two two sitting in your hand the whole game while you discard every other value card in your, in your hand. So this gets around that. And you can still play things like Cataclysm. You can still play things like Soulfire. I think Doomguard probably still makes the cut. Lakari Fellhound may still make the cut. Like, some of those random discards are okay. Um, you don't really need that many in order to in order to get there. And maybe you play Deathwing at the top end anyway. Just, you know, because 
that's one way to just speed run the quest if you've gotten that far. So, I'll probably be obligated to try Quest Warlock again. I'll probably be theory crafting it this weekend, and if I get to a pre-release, I may just craft Clutch Mother's Avis and try to do it and see how it is before I have to go on ladder with it. But I, I if again, if Quest Warlock is not viable now, it's never going to be. But I think this may be. I don't know how ladder viable it is, but it might be my 80 gold quest deck. Um, you know, good enough for that. So another thing that we're getting are warriors getting a lot of dragon support. Uh, you're getting the legendary that copies all the dragons in your hand. You get a five drop that gives you five armor if you're getting if you're holding a dragon. There's another seven drop that does seven damage to an enemy minion if um, if you're holding a dragon. Like that's a lot of a lot of dragon support, and, and in a class that really hasn't had it, I know that, you know, we've been trying to make Dragon Hunter work for a little while, and, and with Emerus, and maybe, um, maybe the, the seven, the neutral seven drop might help with that a little bit, but I want to bring a couple of dragons to your attention that you may not have remembered about, and I think that Dragon Warrior may just be the place for them, or at least for one of them. Um, Marsh Drake is a card that my friend Sean Smoker loves to death, which is a three mana five, four that summons a two, one poisonous for your opponent. And the thing about Marsh Drake is that it's very good when you're playing against it, when you're playing that card as a weapon class, because you can set up the weapon and then the next turn you play the Marsh Drake and then you just weapon down the two, one and you're good. And, or, or you can, you know, if you have other ways to get rid of it, like mage might be okay too, because you can ping down the two one, but typically the way that it would work in dragon hunter is you'd have candle shots. You'd set up candle shot, you play the marsh drake, you candle shot down the two one and now you're good. So I think in a weapon class and, and I think that dragon warrior is going to be going to have weapons. I mean, you're going to run war axe at a minimum. Uh, Super Collider is probably too good not to play. Uh, I played a little bit of Ixar's Tempo Warrior that was working until it wasn't, and the Super Collider does some work there, even outside of like an Awe Warrior type deck. So I think Marsh Drake might fit there, and it's just also just a cheap dragon. And also, the one that I think everybody's forgotten about is Ebon Dragonsmith, which is a th- four mana, three, four. With Battlecry, reduce the cost of a weapon in your hand by two. So, this is a card that has always looked weird. Like, always. Like, why are you doing that? You're not playing any any dragon classes. I mean, dragon classes were priest, and that's, the, that's it. So, if you're doing that in Warrior, like, you can get a lot of value off of that. I mean... Again, Super Collider probably runs in the deck. War Axe probably runs in the deck. Uh, you could run Blood Blood run, run Blood Razor if I don't know if the deck calls for it or not. If you're going to end up with like a lot of those, but I mean, if it's a Tempo-ish Warrior, you're probably playing Acolyte of Pain and Frothing Berserker. So why aren't you going to play um, Blood Razor? That I mean, that's even better if you're going to you know play into Marsh Drake. Because then you you know you can just use the the battle cry off of that on the next turn, or the death rattle rather, and clean it up and then still take out another minion. So 
I think Evan Dragonsmith fits in the deck, and you're, you're just going to need a lot of dragons to hold. Like, you don't have, uh, whatchamacallit, the the two-drop that get, that discovers a dragon. Uh, another Spicedorian. Yeah, it came to me. So, you don't have that anymore, so you're just going to have to have, usually you need to have at least, like, I don't know, like, eight dragons in the list in order to make sure that you're getting all the, all the battle cries to go off. And you're going to want more than that, probably, if you're playing the Legendary that copies them all. Um, so, I think I'm in Dragonsmith kind of as a natural fit in a Dragon Warrior. And it's a card that I think a lot of people will have forgotten about, because it's just, it's been terrible. And Because the 3 mana 3-4 isn't even really good stats. But again, in a Dragon Warrior, where you have weapons, then it can find value pretty quickly. So, I would look at that when you're theorycrafting your Dragon Warrior lists... And consider that as something you may want to build around. So, on the, you know, in the the vein of cards that you've completely forgotten existed, this is one that I actually forgotten existed until somebody mentioned it. That I I'd completely forgotten was a card. Which is the, pre, the Paladin Spellstone. Per, Lesser Pearl Spellstone, which is a 2-2 with Taunt that gets plus 2, plus 2 every time that you heal for three. So, you now have a number of cards in Paladin that are conducive to a healing build. You have the Legendary who uh, takes all of your life and converts it to armor so that you can heal a lot. And you've got the 4-mana 4-4 that turns into an 8-8 with Taunt if you've restored 10 health this game. So if you're restoring health, and again, this is not, I don't think this is as difficult as people think it is. Like, you do have, um, you do have True Silver Champion for starters, which heals you for four over two swings. You have Lifesteal Minions. You have uh, Crystal Smith Kangor, which is going to double your healing. And if you you put uh, a Spike Ridge Steed on Crystal Smith Kangor, you're off to the races, usually, as far as healing is concerned. Um, you have a neutral healing package that's good enough to run in Zoo. So you have Fungal Enchanter. You've got even Voodoo Doctor. You have Life Drinker that you can play. Like, there's a lot of things that you can run. I don't know what the list looks like yet, but there's a lot of healing effects you can run. And it is not going to be that hard to get to 10 healing. And if you're doing that, and you're healing 3 at a clip then the Spellstone is actually pretty sick value, too. I mean, on top of the 4-mana 8-8, eight, eight, being able to drop a 2-mana 6-6, six, six, and you can do those in the same turn and still have mana left over. Like, that's a pretty big swing, and that's a pretty nice anti-aggro tool. I mean, even if you have to drop it on curve just to challenge your early zoo board, it's not the worst thing in the world. Like, you know, sometimes you, you Spellstone, you Druid Spellstone for 2, and that's okay. I mean, it is going to have to be in your hand when you're doing all of this healing, but later in the game, I mean, that's a swing turn. And that can kind of make the payoff for all that healing that you're doing. Uh, I, I don't know if it's good enough. It's never been. But we've never had this much healing support in Paladin before either. So I think it's going to be worth another look. Along with... There's also the, the Jin. I Andrew hates when I bring up this card because I keep wanting it to be good and it's not. <laughs> but the, there's the Jin that, um, that heals your face for three every turn. It's a three mana f- two four 
that heals your face for three every turn. So again, if you're, it's not great on curve because you're generally at full health, but if you can turn all your, all your health into armor and then put yourself down to one health, then that can heal a lot. So there's probably something there. I mean, you have to be careful because you, I mean, you do have to win the game. So you can't put too many healing effects in your deck because you actually have to be doing something proactive. But that could actually have legs. Like, being able to heal that much can... I mean, you think about playing against a Shutterwalk Shaman and they play Healing Rain, right? And they just heal up for 12. Like, Lay on Hands is not that. And we don't have Forbidden Healing anymore. But there are a lot of, like, little chip heals that you can get, and then going all the way up to Uther of the Ebonblade, which will heal you for five, and if you're doubling any of that with Crystal Smith Kangor, that can get out of, out of hand in a hurry. I mean, you know, ter- turn ten, you can go lay on hands into Crystal Smith Kangor, and heal yourself up 16. So, that looks promising. I don't know if it's good enough, because it never has been. Again, it's literally never seen play the, the Paladin Spellstone, but maybe... Maybe this is its time. Again, this is when it would happen would be in the last set of a rotation. And the last card I want to bring to your attention is a card that I was really excited about in the last set drop, but we just, again, we haven't had a deck that worked with it well enough. But I think we might be getting there. Which is Eureka. So, Eureka is a six-mana spell for, for Shaman. That says, summon a copy of a random minion from your hand. So, generally with some sort of an effect like this, and you've seen it in Rogue, is you want to get a minion that you're going to be able to take advantage of immediately and is more expensive than 6 mana. Well, what kind of a minion is more expensive than 6 mana that you'd want to discount? Uh, Mally Ghost generally comes to mind. <laughs> and what's different in this set is that we got another Shaman spell that goes face. So we got Totemic Smash, which is a one mana um, deal two damage, overkill summon a basic totem. You don't care about the overkill. You care about the fact that it does not... that You don't care about what it says after deal two damage. You care about what it does not say after deal two damage, and that is to a minion. So, Totemic Smash can go face. So, along with Frost Shock, if you can play Eureka with, um, with just a Maligos in hand, and you have two copies of Frost Shock and two copies of Totemic Smash, then you can do uh, 6 plus 6 is 12, and 7 plus 7 is 14. So, you can do 26 in a turn, which is not quite OTK, but it's pretty close. And you still they still have to deal with the Maligos. Again, it's like Mali Druid. Like, they have to deal with the Maligos. And then you could just play another one. Because it's going to be in your hand still. So it, it summons a copy of it. It doesn't actually summon it from your hand. So, once you've done that, then you can just do it again. And they still have to deal with the 412 body. And you also have things like Electra Storm Surge that you could use potentially, that, that could double up some of those spells if you don't have them all in your hand. You have um, Haunting Visions now that can discover you extra copies of Burn so that the second Maligos will still have fuel to go off. So I, I think that there's a Eureka build. I think it probably ends up looking a lot like Shutterwalk Shaman, except that you take out the Shutterwalk cards, the Shutterwalk combo pieces, and you just put in good defensive tools. And 
I'm excited to try that. I wanted to make Eureka Shaman work last time. And I mean, you can put in things also like to get other value off of Eureka, like Lich King. You could put in, um, you know, Alex is probably not great, but Ysera might be okay. That gets you more burn too with um, Ysera Awakens. So there are, and, and, and so does Lich King. Lich King gets you Death and Decay. Lich King gets you Death Coil. Um, so any any minions that give you cards that can access to more burn effectively, I mean, hell, maybe even play the Rune Spear. <laughs> like, that's a stupid idea, but <laughs> no, it's not It's not time for the Rune Spear. We're not playing the Rune Spear in that deck, because that'll go straight to your own face. But, you know, I think that there's enough here. I, I, I firmly believe that Maligos is going to be rotating. I mean, this has got to be it. Like, now that you're making Mali Shaman potentially viable, it's it's got to be time that Maligos is going to go off to the great uh, Dragon Roost in the Sky. And so I would say that Maligos Druid is going to be a deck you're going to want to try. And, you know, I, I Mali Shaman, rather. I, I, I'm excited to try Mali Shaman. I, I like Control Shaman anyway. Um, maybe you can play some Earth Elementals in there. I mean, that, that works with Eureka also, just kind of getting, uh, you know, getting a big dumb minion on the board, maybe throw an Ancestral Spirit, go back to the old Bog Champ Shaman days. Oh, man, I loved Control Shaman. That was one of my favorite, you know, back in, like, Nazoth Control Shaman's always been one of those decks I really, really liked playing back when White Eyes was around. Oh, those were the, those, those were the good days. So, I mean, it's not, it's not going to be that, but I think that this is going to be a fun deck that's going to be different, that's something that you're not used to playing. I mean, it's, it's going to be similar to Shutterwalk Shaman, but it might actually even be a little bit more consistent, all things considered, because you can set up that, that burn the same way that you can. I mean, maybe you even run Lava Burst and Lightning Bolt. Oh, the Lightning Bolt, duh, what am I even talking about? You have Lightning Bolt. So, you've got Lightning Bolt, right? So... Let me talk about Frost Shock. So double Lightning Bolt is eight and eight is sixteen, and then double Totemic Smash is fourteen. That's a thirty damage. That's a thirty damage turn right there. Listen to me. Look, look at the Frost Shock nonsense. So <laughs> you can you can run double Lightning Bolt. You can run um, double Frost Shock. You can run double Totemic Smash, and and then you can piece together an OTK with you know any combination of those really. So. Yeah, I think this has legs. I think this is going to happen, and I think Maligos is going away. I think this is the last hurrah of Maligos. Uh, it has to be, because this is... It just doesn't make sense otherwise. But so, now that I re- remember the stupid card that I forgot about, um, yeah, this is happening. This is 100% happening, and we're theory crafting this. Um, you know, as soon as the rest of the cards drop, I see what else we have to work with. But this is 100% happening. I'm excited. All right, so that's going to do it uh, for this week. Uh, I'm actually almost to work. Yeah, I was actually, like, I was at the rest area, like, halfway to work when I started recording, and I'm almost to work now. Ah, good times. This is why I take the train, but this is why I need to leave even earlier than I already am to take the train. So there you go. Anyway, um, you can find the show notes for this show and all the shows at offcurve.com. You can also follow... Um, off curve on at off curve on Twitter to get announcements for when new episodes go live. 
Uh, make sure to subscribe yourself to the Happy Hearthstone as well, because that card review will be coming probably in the morning of the set release, and it is going to be at least three hours of uh, more detail than you probably require on the cards. And this is, you know, we're one of the only reviews now that really goes in detail on all the cards. I know that, you know, it used, card reviews used to be kind of a standard thing, and I think it, it's, it's a lot of work. And I don't blame a lot of podcasts for kind of bailing on it. And I think that there's also kind of a feeling, rightfully so, which is why I do this show the way that I do, that um, you don't you don't want to hear that too many times, right? Like, if everybody's doing it, then you let other folks do it, which, and I'm happy to, to do that, um, you know, because I enjoy it, right? And this is what I think about kind of building out these kinds of decks and, and how can I use cards in ways that we haven't used them before, so I, you know, this is a, a kind of a fun theory crafting challenge for me anyway. So I enjoy doing it, you know, and, and, you know, Andrew and I just have a blast doing it. So it's, it's also just kind of a fun chance for me and Andrew to hang out and talk about cards for an inordinate amount of time, which we would probably do anyway, even if we didn't have the podcast in some shape or form. But now we have it on the calendar. So, so, so go make sure to subscribe to the Happy Hearthstone. Um, if you subscribe to their Patreon, you can also get access to the spreadsheet where he and I wrote down our notes, um, and, and take gentle swipes at each other every so often. And, um, and you can, you can kind of see where, where our heads are at on some, on the rest of the cards. Um, so go check that out as well. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter at Wicked Good. That is where you will find links to everything I'm doing, including when I'm casting uh, matches. I'm still casting WESG. Uh, it's going for the next couple weeks. Um, so when I can fit that in, I will be doing that. Um, they, I wonder if they're taking a break for the new set release, but I don't know what the plan is for that. And um, you can follow me on Twitch. I am WickedGoodFM there. Uh, still, uh, I'm still also raising money for Extra Life, though I'm, I'm happy to announce that I did hit my goal of a hundred dollars for the, um, for the, the fundraising campaign. So thank you to everybody who donated. It's still time. You can still help, um, you know, Boston Children's Hospital. I'm still, I'm, I'm not taking it down right away. I'll probably live it up at least to the end of the month. So, um, you know, please do, uh, donate and, you know, they can all, it, they do wonderful work over at Boston Children's Hospital and they, they've helped my family personally, uh, tremendously. And, you know, any about any amount that I can give back and I can implore you to give back to them as well. It's definitely a good cause. So please do donate to that. And, um, you please do leave a review on iTunes as well. That's one way that you can help out the show. Um, I did get a one review this week from Australia, actually from Steffi Lich from Steffi Licious, who says, uh, great, great stream of consciousness pod on Hearthstone from a really experienced and knowledgeable player. Uh, thank you so much for the review. Uh, you know, it helps out, especially in in, you know, the non-US app stores too, where I know I don't ne- have nearly as many reviews, but it helps people find the show and, and, you know, it fills my bucket. So that is, that's also something that you can do to support the show. Cause I don't, you know, I'm not taking your money. I'm, I'm not running a Patreon or anything like that. So the best way that you can support me is by leaving your review so other people can find the show or just by telling a friend and, and recommending the show that helps out too, just to kind of get, get in more people's ears. And, and I appreciate all of you that have done that already. So thank you for that. And and so that's that's it. I expect I will have one more show before the set release, probably early next week, because I'm not going to be doing too much talking on Friday. 
<laughs> after three hours of card review, but maybe Monday morning I'll record, uh, or Monday afternoon I'll have recovered enough to kind of go through some theory crafting and give you some decks that I'm thinking about for, um, you know, to be able to play on the first, the first day that the set releases. So look forward to that. And, um, you know, thank you for listening. I, I really do appreciate everyone who just takes the time to listen or, or pop into the stream. And I know you have a lot of options for where you could be listening to podcasts. And I appreciate you taking that time with me on my commute. Even when I low roll and I have to do it on my way into work. So thanks for listening. Good luck on everything you do. Uh, You know, enjoy the rest of the reveals. Get ready for the set release. Enjoy the pre-releases if you're doing that this weekend. And, uh, you know, just be good to each other. We'll talk soon. Have a good one.